I walked on dry ground. I'm Greg, and I believe in a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Hi, I'm Greg, and I believe in the hope of a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Thanks for tuning in today. Today I'm going to talk about the desert once again, part two of three, and revisit my desert season after I crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, which was my recovery from sexual addiction. And immediately I found myself in a desert season, which was literally in the desert in Arizona. So today I'm going to focus on the concept of being unspiritual and spiritual in the desert and how that relates to the Israelites and how I related to it as well. I'm really excited to share today because I'm actually going to be reading some journal entries from that season, from 2018, and also a poem I wrote. So again, thanks for stopping by. Cue the blues music, and let's go ahead and jump in. Okay, so today I'm going to start with another golf joke. I don't know if these golf jokes are being enjoyed by you or not, or if you're getting them or not. I'm going to keep doing them for a time. And okay, so here's the joke. There was a golfer who was having a bad round and getting frustrated with his lousy game. So he began blaming his mistakes on his experienced caddy. As the round came to an end, the golfer said, you have to be the worst caddy in the whole wide world. To which the caddy replied, I don't think so, sir. That would be too much of a coincidence. <laughs> if that doesn't make sense, think about it for a moment. I didn't get it at first either. <laughs> if that's you, um, it's funny. Okay, so I'm going to talk about being unspiritual and spiritual in the desert. Immediately after the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, they found themselves in the desert with no warning, with no introduction as far as I know, with no expectation of things getting really difficult really quickly, as in the third day. And so I want to introduce this topic uh, with the scripture that describes this, the first of these challenges that the Israelites come across in the desert. Exodus 15, 22 through 25. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. What a beautiful microcosm of this topic. This is just, this is the only scripture I'm going to read today, but even in Exodus 16, 1 through 3, Exodus 17, 1 through 3, 
this kind of cycle happens again where the Israelites come across hardship and hard times in the desert and they're uncomfortable. It's dry and they're missing something they think they need or deserve or want. And they grumble to Moses and Moses cries out to the Lord and the Lord delivers them. So I, I get that because uh, in my desert season, it was spiritually dry, emotionally dry. It was uncomfortable. It was intense. It was a time of traveling, of, of feeling like I don't have what I need and I'm in need of comfort and peace. And not even necessarily in that type of language. It's just like I feel anxious and unsettled and I don't like that feeling. So I mentioned my desert season was literally in the desert in Tucson. Uh, I went through my initial year-long recovery from sexual addiction in San Diego through 12-step group called SAA and Seven Pillars of Freedom by Pure Desire. And my life was completely transformed. My relationship with God was deepened. I had no idea what to expect. My wife and I moved to Tucson to be close to my son, Logan, who was who was 15 at the time. And it was a time of joy to move, be able to move to Tucson to retain my job in San Diego. And all this is kind of a recap. I talk about this uh, more in my, my previous episodes, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. So it ended up being a very challenging season. My body was very unspiritual and very troubled and very anxious and uncomfortable. In my spirit, I discovered God's identity as deliverer, my relationship to God as somebody who needs deliverance and God as somebody who provides deliverance. And who better to provide deliverance than the one who's capable of the impossible, who's capable of anything, who can mysteriously, to me, it's just a mystery how he and you'll see this reflected in a journal entry I'm going to read. It's just a, a mystery how he arranges things to provide deliverance or comfort. So that leads me to this topic, which I'm going to talk about for a couple minutes and then just jump into my, my readings. What do I mean by being unspiritual and spiritual in the desert? Well, I know Paul writes about this in the New Testament. My body is unspiritual, yet there's another part of me that is spiritual. So I relate to the Israelites in this respect as my body is like the Israelites. My body is anxious and suffering and uncomfortable, and it's crying out. It's grumbling to me in my own head, in my own body, through emotions. It's telling me, this sucks. I do not want to feel this. I do not want to be here. I do not want to do the things that make me feel like this. I don't want to be around the circumstances when I feel like this. This sucks. Get me out of here. Do something. And that part of me is still very much alive. I expect that part of me to never, never be any different. And I love that part of me, or at least I try to treat it with love uh, as long as I live. And I hope to do that because I can't expect my body and my flesh to lead a life of faith in God, to to have peace and to seek anything spiritual. My body doesn't live in the spiritual realm. It's not spiritual. Yet I have this new part of me, this other part of me that is spiritual, that can relate to God, that can seek peace, that can have faith. And that's the part I see as Moses. Moses is the spiritual leader of the Israelites. I'm the spiritual leader of myself. So when the Israelites grumble to Moses, they're not being spiritual. They're 
complaining. They're not seeing the spiritual side of things. They're not operating out of faith. But when Moses takes that to God, he is operating in the spiritual, in faith. He is having faith that his, in his relationship with God, he can cry out to him. God will hear him. God will respond. And God does respond. And when my body cries out and, and grumbles against me, I have a choice to be like Moses. And I can say, thank you for telling me. I'm going to go to God. I can cry out to God and I can seek deliverance. And I can be aware of the things that God does. So this is an interesting insight. And that's why I was excited to share it because... I didn't fully relate to the Israelites. I didn't fully relate to Moses in this desert season in this way, but I actually relate to both. My flesh being the unspiritual Israelite part of the equation and my spirit, my soul, my part that I can relate to God and have faith and believe in him as my deliverer. That's my Moses part, my spiritual part. So I think both have a place and both have a voice and both are just part of my human experience. And by God's grace, I can relate to God. I can I can talk to God. I can ask for deliverance. And by God's grace, he gives it to me. Not that I deserve it. Not that I should receive any sort of relief at all. Yet I do. And I did. And so now I'm going to read a couple of journal entries. And then after I talk about that, I'm going to finish with a poem that I wrote in the same season. So before I jump in, just a quick backstory. When we moved to Tucson, my son Logan moved in with us, my wife and I, and immediately went from not being parents to parenting a teenager. And that was really hard. And so these are kind of some reflections mainly on that challenge. Okay, from my journal, uh, June 19th, 2018. I have this problem, imagining conversations with Logan. They play in my head, and anxiety builds in my body. It's already happened once today, just now. Usually I'm a tough guy in these conversations. That's my fantasy, to be a tough love guy like Dave Ramsey, a guy who cares enough to tell the truth and hurt feelings. He seems unaffected, too, a guy who doesn't take crap, who is himself through everything, who is just fine no matter how others are who demands and gets respect. Maybe I'm growing into this guy, or maybe it's just a fantasy because it's an escape from my codependency and anxiety. Either way, it's up to God, and right now I have this problem with my imagination. Maybe counting how many times it happens today will help me separate myself. That's the end of that journal entry. So you, you have a little bit of insight into, I'm just suffering from severe anxiety in my parenting my mind turns to fantasy to deal with that. Yet I also remember that I have a spiritual part. I remember that I'm in a relationship with God. Here's a journal entry from the next day, June 20th, 2018. I'm tired of feeling anxiety as often as I do. Hopefully, if I'm a parent again, I will be better prepared for the teenage years. I have this anger that rushes to the surface when I feel disrespected that comes up so rarely that I don't remember that it exists. But here it has come up once every two weeks on average. And on top of that, I feel anxious if I think that might come up in a future situation. Again, more anxiety, more suffering, more 
of my body complaining to me, I don't like this circumstance. I want it to be different. I hope I'm in a better place if I come across this again. So the last journal entry I'm going to read is from the next day, the 21st of June, 2018. God gave me some deliverance last night after I lost 90 minutes of sleep because of my choice as a parent. He put a huge smile on my face. I was getting back to sleep and Snow, my cat, hops up on the bed. I pull him in and he snuggles, more relaxed and sleepy than he usually is. I liked it, but I wasn't receiving the joy. My heart was hard with anxiety. I prayed and asked God to help me enjoy this gift, genuinely for my good like I thought he might want for me in that moment. So then I waited, and Snow was unusually snuggly and okay with me holding him tight. Then it happened. A smile snuck up on my face when Timmy, my other cat, jumped up and snuggled up to me next to Snow. His warm body weight was in my lap and his butt seemed to be parked on Snow. With that, my heart softened and I felt relief and let the huge smile have its time on my face. I thanked God for that moment. I don't know how he does it, and I have to believe through faith that it was him who brought that moment to pass. The cats could have easily, and normally would have, been separate from me. Thank you, Jesus, for your comfort, your water from the rock, your care despite my anxiety. I'm appreciating the small things you're doing. Please continue to give me the awareness and a grateful heart. Just reading that just brings tears of joy, and God really came through for me, even in those small ways. I mean, imagine... There was the great possibility I wasn't going to be able to receive that joy. Like you heard me read, my heart was hardened with anxiety. I was in the unspiritual realm and prayed to God. I cried out to him like Moses, just help me receive this gift. And and I did. And just a smile and a couple of cats snuggling in a funny way. What a, a way for God to deliver me. What a way for God to bring some joy into my heart, into my life in such a dry season. And so it was in times like that, that I took a step forward in my faith in God. I took a step forward in knowing him as my deliverer and believing that he brings good things into hard seasons, that he brings water into the desert. And so the last thing, I'm going to finish this episode reading you a poem I wrote. Some of the poems I wrote in this season were pretty heavy, and I don't think this is one of the very heavy ones, but I may get emotional, um, but after I read the poem, I'm going to wrap up. This pain I feel, the anguish, agonizing and buzzing like ants in my gut. The anger I feel, it erupts from my combustible heart. The fuse very short, the anxiety, it impersonally pushes me. It guts me. It grinds my gut and bruises my brain. The sadness I feel is like a cool fog. It covers me and brings me to my knees. This is harsh captivity. This is the desert trek. Cruel oppression. Hardship in a hard world. Day breaks and birds chirp. A beautiful piercing light boldly shines into my world. Bright but soft, gentle yet powerful, pure love and care. 
my soul rejoices, my mind comprehends, amazed. Deliverance from pain, salvation from anxiety, skin-warming daylight after cold, dark night. Self-salvation is but a spark, self-deliverance a mere spark lost in the dark. But God rightly delivers me, swiftly saves me with his mighty hand. In a flash, he destroys my darkness. His tactics, unimaginable. My prize is the victor, unexpectedly delightful. And in all of this, his inexplicable motive is pure love and care. Thank you for listening. I hope you gained some insight into my desert season from this episode, and maybe you can relate. I just feel really grateful to God that he came through for me in my desert season and delivered me in ways that I'll never be able to explain. So uh, thank you for your support, and I'll talk to you later.